It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And I am sitting here, ladies and gentlemen, on pins and needles because I have a delicious cookie in front of me. In fact, I have two delicious cookies in front of me. And I know nothing about them. You don't know yet if they're delicious. They are mouth-watering in appearance. So, listeners, I've kept the identity of my cookie a top secret as a special treat for Chris, but it, it actually costs only... Is it a only, spy? Is it a spy only cookie? Di- only discomfort because he likes to prepare for the episode. So I do. I'll put, I'll put you out of your misery. I like uh, Ahead of time, in the laboratory, I like to do my research. I open up all my books. I think of every single topic that we can talk about, uh, the history, uh, the science, what possibly could happen. Uh, and this time, I went in blindly. So I did, I did give you a science topic that once I p- conducted my experiment, I realized uh, there were a couple science possibilities. So I'm just going to I'm just going to open it wide open for you right now, okay? We had a cookie swap uh weeks ago back in December and we invited our friend Emily and she brought with her the peanut butter blossom cookie. Yes. It's a classic cookie and at the time when she presented it, you mentioned that it had been part of the Pillsbury Bake Off, but oh. that it hadn't won. <laughs> And I thought to myself, what could possibly have beaten Oh, this Jill, em- I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly have beaten this now classic, a delicious thing combining all my favorite flavors and, and ubiquitously served? So, it, as you mentioned at the time, this was the 1957 Pillsbury Bake Off held in the, I believe it was, what was it, the Beverly Hills Hotel, Hotel or something in California, like that? in Los Angeles, California, with Ronald Reagan as the host. Yeah, and you said that the winner had been something called the Accordion Treat. Yes, and the I was intrigued. Treat. And I said, what, what about the Accordion Treat? And you said, it is lost. It had been lost to time. It had been lost to time. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun if I could figure out how to make the accordion treat for Chris? And that is what I did. Oh, my gosh. Now, I am I am so, uh, I, so I'm speechless. Uh, so there's I, two. I gave, I gave you a couple different cookies because what happened was the recipe that I found. Uh, do you want the facts first? I'll tell you the facts and then I'll tell you how I yeah, made the cookie. Yeah, the tell me, tell me about, tell us all about the, the accordion cookie. The winning, the winning baker of the accordion treat is Mrs. Gerda Roderer. Gerda Roderer? Yes, Gerda yeah. Roderer was living in uh, Berkeley, California at the time, but she was a native of Strasbourg, France. Really? Which is, um, you know, in the, in the Alsace region, which is one of those places that kept going back and forth between Germany and France over the, uh, throughout the, you know, millennia of wars, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's a place that has cuisine of both German and French origin. Okay. And, and being French, I would expect that she would be a great pastry chef. Well, this was a cookie that she remembered from her time living in in Strasbourg. However, she was unable to locate the special pan to bake it in here oh. in America. So what she did was use heavy-duty tin foil and fold it like an accordion, oh. drop the dough into the little sure. metal canyons, 
And that's how you get this wedge shape of the cookie. They have pans like that now. Probably so. Yeah, I've seen um, I've seen pans like that, and I always wondered what they were for. But that's why it's called an accordion cookie. Yeah, not, not because be- the cookie makes beautiful music <laughs> or horrible right, music, the- depending whether you're an accordion fan or not. I'm right, I'm now, resisting telling so many accordion jokes right yes, now. Yes, yes, there the obviously we need to tell the accordion joke. Do you want to do it or should I? What's the difference between an armadillo <laughs> dead in the road and a dead accordion in the middle of the road? I don't know what is. The armadillo was on its way to a gig. <laughs> Well, the one I was going to say was the one our friend Peter, who plays the accordion, told us, which is that an accordion player after a gig pulled up in front of a bar, went in for a drink, left his accordion in the car, came back out to find the window smashed, and two accordions in the backseat. All right, yeah. (laughs) Now, the accordion was invented in Berlin, Germany. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So on the other side of the river there from Strasbourg. But... The name comes, I believe, from accord in French is the French word for co- accord in music. So it's all coming together in a beautiful French and German oh. way via Mrs. Gerda E. Roderer, who won the $25,000 prize. And this cookie, I think, is so versatile. It called for nuts, but I left them out because my family would have a fit. Okay. But it also has multiple variations. You could put cardamom in. You could drizzle chocolate on it but so what you're going to eat today is the very basic version now as you said there are two i first tried it with butter the pillsbury recipe calls for butter where did you find goethe's recipe on the back of an accordion box (laughs) no i don't remember then i could look up the name of the website where i found goethe's recipe you just found it online Oh, well, I googled accordion treat and in a nanosecond, the Pillsbury Bake Off recipe <laughs> popped up. So I don't know why you had any trouble. Not so, not so well lost. It was not uh, well so lost. lost. Time. No. Yeah. But so that, but that Pillsbury recipe called for margarine. And I thought, well, I don't have any margarine and I want to bake today. I baked them with butter and tell, tell the listeners about the shape of the butter ones. The butter one is short, and it doesn't look like it's spread very much in the pan. It is lumpy. Yeah. And it looks like a biscuit. Yes, like a like a dropped... Uh, like a drop biscuit. Dough biscuit. Yeah. Yes, it, it's very unattractive. But I thought, that, that can't be right. Th- this should be a thing of beauty. So I went ahead and got some margarine sticks... Redid it, and the margarine cookie is like a work of art. It is yes. like a, it is like a long, thin section of an orange. Yeah, and it is probably three times as long as the butter cookie. It is probably half as again tall. It is airy looking in the center, all the way along it. It is a long. It is biscotti shaped. Sort of. Yeah. It's got it's got a point. It's got a knife's edge to it. It looks like a pickle wedge. Doesn't really have it. Does it looks like a pickle wedge? Yeah. So, but it's but it's but it's buttery colored. Yeah. So the you'll see a little bit of browning mm-hmm. on the edges. One edge, and that I will attribute to the tin foil accordion that I made. You know, like mostly when we're baking, we're using parchment or just the baking sheet. 
And I believe the aluminum of the accordion kind of boosted the browning, if you will. Okay. Magnified it, like going and sunning yourself and holding up a piece of aluminum, shiny aluminum. Exactly. You would have be, you would have been an accordion treat back then when we were sunning ourselves in that manner with the well, baby oil and I, the and I would have been the I would have been the short, fat one. <laughs> okay. Do you want to try them? Uh, which one are we trying first? Why don't we try the butter one first, since that's the first one I baked? Okay, the butter one. Here we go. Very pleasant. It's almost like a madeleine. A little cakey. Yeah, a little cakey. Kind of like a very thick butter cookie. Mm-hmm. It's super cakey. I can taste... Did you put vanilla extract in there? I did. Yeah, I can taste it. It's good. I like the taste of the butter. It's very pleasant. I could see dipping it in some chocolate. I could see adding some cardamom. Yeah. So yeah, there, I think that you could have a lot of fun with variations with that. It's not unpleasant. Mm-mm. Well, fresh out of the oven, it was fabulous. Darn let's too see what the, good. Let's see what, what the margarine one tastes yeah, like. the margarine one. Oh. It's got an exquisite, crispy outside. It's a lighter taste than the butter one. It's much lighter. It's not... It's like something completely different. It's not a thick butter cookie. But Gerda's recipe called for butter. It tastes slightly of pickle. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> it's spongy to the tongue, but it's it not, spongy. But it's not moist like a cake. I was wondering if that's why they were called accordion treats and not accordion cookies, because they're they could almost be small they're cakes. Somewhere between a cake and a cookie. Yeah, some, yeah. it's definitely somewhere between a cake. And a cookie. It's not crunchy, except for that outside nice little, tiny little crunch. It's not crunchy like a biscotti at all. Well, I love them and I want to make more. And my family went wild for them hot out of the oven. So did you just make like a batter and then put that into the accordion? Yeah, uh, you drop it by and then teaspoon bake it? into the accordion. Mm-hmm. Did you melt the margarine before... You did it, no, or did you no whisk it in? There was no melting and no or? chilling. You cream, no, you cream, cream Creamed the butter and the sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. cream, cream the margarine and the sugar, just like mm-hmm. you would for any other creamed cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then put in eggs, vanilla, and just one cup of the one-to-one flour. Oh, and a quarter teaspoon of salt. I mean, I feel like I I could do it by heart. I could do it any day. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, one of my great fears all the time with a gluten-free treat is making cakes and very airy things. Because, as you know, there's no gluten. And often we have to worry about the rise of that. But this is light and fluffy and airy and, and beautiful. So, was it baking? Do not, do not baking, be afraid. Baking powder in there? No baking powder. No baking powder. No but, leavening. Oh, just the eggs. Yeah, two eggs. Beautiful. All right. Well, see, once again, we have proven that gluten-free baking is possible. And delicious. And delicious. So... Do you want to talk about some science topics? So now the difference between these two two cookies is remarkable. Mm-hmm. And the only thing you changed was substituting butter for margarine. Correct. Right? Well, you know, Jill... You couldn't have done that in 1812. Because margarine hadn't been invented? Exactly. And do you know who we have to thank for... Someone named Margie. 
No. Napoleon. What? He's also kind of French. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, exactly. So in 1813, Michel Eugène Chevrolet, a French Thank you. A French chemist discovered a pearly white colored acid that he named marjaric acid. And not much was done with it until in 1869, Emperor Napoleon III of France challenged scientists to create a cheap butter alternative that he could offer to the armed forces and people who couldn't afford butter. So often the military is the source of these great inventions. Yeah. I think Napoleon III, by the way, is not the Napoleon that we usually think of. Right. It's yeah. like his grandson or something. Yeah. So Hippolyte Meger Morisset was a French chemist who created the first spread in 1871, and he called it oleo margarine. Okay. And the patent was then sold to a Dutch company, Jurgens, the same Dutch company. Yes, the same. Dutch company that makes the soap today. Skincare products. Skincare products, Jergens hand cream. They thought consumers would find the spread more appealing if it were dyed yellow. Now, years and years pass from 1871 until now. And in those years, there was legislation against margarine. There oh. was, oh margarine my gosh. Margarine haters? There were haters? Yeah. And... Of course. Led by the butter board. Led by Big, Big butter. butter. Yeah. 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 And here's the science. The first two ingredients in margarine are water and oil. Now, we know that these liquids are immiscible. They do not mix, right? They mix they like, do oil, not like oil and water. Play nicely together. When we add the oil to the water, the water tends to push it away because water really is likes to associate with itself. In margarine, whose first ingredients include oil and water, it's important to prevent that separation. Right. I mean, when you buy a tub, you're not getting like a layer of water and then a little separation line in a, with oil. No, and you have to mix it up. And no, to eliminate this, one of your favorite things. Colloid. Has to be. Nope, the other one. Emulsifier? Yes, an emulsifier <laughs> must be added to the mixture. For margarine, that is lectin. Yeah, we've talked about that before. That is lectin, yeah. All emulsifiers have two ends, a hydrophilic end that likes water, water-loving, and a hydrophobic and water repelling. The hydrophilic end attracts to the water, the hydrophobic end attacks, attaches to the oil, and then we have an emulsion, and it's evenly distributed into a spread like margarine, and the water and oil don't separate. So what's the big deal about margarine, right? People have been wondering about the health of margarine lately. You would think that margarine would be pretty healthy for you because it's made of vegetable oil. And those are polyunsaturated fats, meaning that they contain many carbon double bonds. By contrast, butter contains saturated fat, which is linked to diseases like cardiovascular disease. And we try to avoid that. Right. However, preferably, the problem with vegetable oils is that they are a liquid at room temperature. And in order to give these oils a consistency of margarine, Chemists put them through a process called hydrogenation. 
this changes the fats into something called trans fats. Which is like a big bugaboo buzzword, right? Right. And when trans fats, trans fats by themselves aren't, there's no problem with them. But when they're processed by the body, they raise your bad cholesterol and lower your good cholesterol, which can lead to heart attacks and strokes. So there's a process called, this is the word of the podcast. Okay, I'm leaning in. Interesterification. Whoa, what do you got there? What is that? Inter, what? Interesterification. Interesterification? Yes. I love it. What is it? It makes some of the fatty acids replaced with saturated fatty acids, and they use an enzyme called lipase. And lipase reattaches the fatty acids randomly so that some of the side chains are saturated and some are unsaturated. It results in partially hydrogenated fat, which contains many fewer trans fats. So it's like a way to make margarine less bad for you? Yeah. The tub margarines are more likely to have gone through this process and be healthier than stick margarines. So it was stick margarine that I used for the baking because right. I couldn't see myself like measuring the tablespoons of tub margarine. Oh yeah, yeah. So the question most people want answered is actually quite simple, which spread is healthier? And the main nutritional difference between butter and margarine is the fat that they contain. Butter is high in saturated fat, margarines contain trans fat, but if you select your margarine wisely and you look for trans fat free margarine okay the margarine's going to be slightly healthier for you but i mean that's not the only consideration like some people don't want to use any animal products so they're going to go with margarine or some people would rather have something from nature from an animal than something from sure. kind of a lab so or just if in terms you're of the cooking production kosher. Yep, yep. Yeah. So many um, different reasons. So, but if you just want to know what it's going to do to your cookie, the margarine spread more and the cookie behaved as it was supposed to and made a beautiful pickle shape. And the reason for that is margarines have more water in them. Yeah. So they're about 30% water, butter is about 20% water. Remember, at 212 degrees, water boils, it creates bubbles. Mm. Right, All that steam inside of your cookie boils away, leaving behind tiny pockets of air. So the margarine cookie was a little a little lighter and fluffier? And it's going to make it softer and fluffier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because of that water. Water, people, a building block of life. Choose your margarine wisely. Enjoy the fluffier cookie for the accordion treat. I mean, the butter ones are not bad to they're enjoyable to eat they just didn't they're delicious the shape that we they wanted. don't yeah. look they would not win the pillsbury bake-off they would not that mrs gerda roder knows ways with butter that we can only dream of right and today people would if if she had used butter nobody would ever have heard of the accordion treat and people would only be eating the peanut butter blossom cookie <laughs> she did use butter <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm glad to have rescued this uh, this recipe from the lost archives of Pillsbury and brought it to us 
to enjoy on Cookie Lab. And yes. I'm going to make it again, and I'm going to say, keep your paws off my accordion treats. Yes, especially to the accordion players in our lives. And there are many. I am so glad that you have single-handedly brought back mm-hmm. Gertrude's accordion treat. And I'm really, really proud of you for doing something that was definitely outside your comfort zone, which was going to the podcast blind. And you did an awesome job. You saw me moments before still doing my research because once I saw the cookie, I had more questions. (laughs) You did great. I won't won't do it to you again. (laughs) Thank you, Jill. I can't wait till next week when I'm not going to tell you what we have. Even when we have it, I'm going to make you eat it blindfolded. <laughs> I Sounds very special. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. It's Cookie Lab.